Tales Internal Monologue. In this episode, we're going to be covering the Season 1 finale of Babylon 5, Chrysalis. I've been super excited to get to this one. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite episodes. It's probably one of the best season finales um, in the history of television, in my opinion. It is absolutely fantastic all the way around. Um, the thing about uh, Chrysalis is that it builds so much upon everything that has been uh, sent out in the first place. So you have everything that's been going on with Earth Force, everything that's been going on with uh, these unknown associates of Mr. Morden, everything that's been going on with the uh, the uh, Vorlons, everything that's been going on with Delenn, everything that's been going on with Sinclair, it all comes to a head right here. Um, the first season of Babylon 5, some people don't like it. Um, and, and it certainly has issues. It has some pretty bad episodes, uh, as I've covered. It has uh, a lot of um, just uninteresting episodes, whereas the episodes are just all right, but it's ultimately un uninteresting. Um, and I think that's ultimately the biggest downfall of the uh, of Babylon 5 season 1 is that it's it could be hard to get into because it's uh, because of its uninteresting nature um and I think that hurts it overall because there is underneath the the rough exterior underneath the the mediocre uh budget and underneath the 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 still trying to get their acting and still trying to understand how CGI works in TV uh, special effects is a lot of groundwork being laid I mean you a story, the, the, the turning point of a story, the inciting incident of a story is the breaking of the status quo. Um, season one is all about status quo. Um, it is laying the groundwork, it is setting up the story so then when we break the status quo, it's much more meaningful. And because of that slower, slower start, uh, a lot of people don't like it and especially modern audiences where the status quo is broken almost immediately in most shows where we get just enough status quo to understand and then boom we're broken um i think that ultimately hurts um babylon 5 in the long run i think that's why season one is not as well regarded i think it's pretty good um i even think season five is pretty good this is once again this is my favorite tv show of all time Season 5 and Season 1 certainly have their problems. I mean, the other seasons have their problems, too. This isn't a flawless show. Nothing's perfect. But I think even the worst season of Babylon 5 is is on par with other really, really good t TV shows, if not better. Um, when when B5 is at its worst, it's still really good. My personal opinion. That's, once again, biased favorite TV show of all time. Um, the... The big things that happen in this episode, uh, it just comes at you like it, it, it really wants you to get it, it, because it's invested you. It just really comes at you with like no stop, just frantic pacing and fast boom, 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 uh, just charges at you. And that's great. It's just this one, two punch. Um, I mean, everything from the growing tensions between the Narn and the Centauri to Londo's horrible choice to work with Mr. Morden to... Um, everything that's going on with Garibaldi and him getting shot and then the assassination of the president and it just keeps going and going and going and going and then and then Delenn getting put into the chrysalis 
it doesn't slow down. And I think uh, that's what makes this such a great episode is that because everything has been set up, everything has been, uh, all the groundwork has been laid, we can just we can literally just take off running no 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 questions asked um there's there's no weirdness or anything it just just boom right off the bat and i think that's what really serves this as one of the best season finales of all time it's certainly not the best um it's one of the best though um and i i don't think this episode loses its um loses sight of anything in all the big moments i mean um, one of my favorite moments, uh, one of the smaller character moments is actually attached, uh, to one of the bigger moments. Um, when, when Londo works with Mr. Morden and we see the full might of this new race, um, that, that, that has, uh, come to bear on the galaxy. We don't exactly know who or what they are. They're just Mr. Morden's associates. Um, that, that is when... Uh, we see Londo's reaction and it's not something you would expect from him or at least not something you would expect if you had taken the 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 mask of the Centauri Conqueror from him and, and figured that was his character. I know there's plenty of people who, in my opinion, misread the character. They, they think he is full of nothing but hatred and he legitimately hates some of the darn. But he doesn't believe in... in the senseless killing of innocents. Uh, no matter how much he wants to return to glory, no matter how much he believes in the the propaganda of his state, the jingoism, and the patriotism, he still does not believe in mindless killing. And so, when ten thousand Narn are killed, you know he he reacts to that as like ten thousand in cold blood. I thought, uh, and he. Mr. Morden's reaction, you know, 10,000, 100,000, what's the difference? Uh, they're, they're Narn's ambassador. They're the enemy. Um, you, you asked us to do this, and, and we've done it. You're a hero. Uh, and his face just drops because he wanted, he wanted uh, a return to glory. He wanted to see his people reclaim their quote-unquote rightful place in the galaxy. He wanted to pay back the Narns for everything that has happened with their their constant vengeance. It's a cycle of violence. It will never, ever end. Um, as uh, as Sinclair puts it when he's talking to Jakar, you're like the schoolyard bully who's become the bully himself, belie believing that he is bullying on the side of right, basically. Um, Londo wanted this, but he also never expected to see people slaughtered for no reason. You know... 10,000 innocents and that that blood is now on his hands and he's not comfortable with it uh he's willing to go along with it but he's not comfortable with it and that will weigh heavily on him and of course we have the entire ordeal of him there's a great quote of uh there comes a time when you look in the mirror and you realize what you see is all you'll ever be and you either accept it or you shoot yourself basically the 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 that 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 line right there really summarizes him as a character londo is a character he is he is a man who wants so much better for his life his people 
but he knows that what he sees every day when he wakes up is all he'll ever be. And he took his one chance to perhaps change that. Uh, and But he doesn't, he didn't expect it to change. And when it did change both his outlook and his people's outlook, he was horrified at the results. Um, and it's just, it's a great character, character moments for Londo attached to this really grandiose scene of the, the destruction of the Norn colony by this new race. Um, it's a horrifying moment, but it's also used to, to, to boil down character beats um, to their, their fundamental aspects. I think that's one of the things that makes Babylon 5 so great, is it takes the big but makes it small. That, that was one of the uh, key tenets that, uh, that JMS really wanted to tackle, was, uh, was he had this two, two story ideas that he combined into one. One was about gigantic, you know, battles in, 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 ep of, in epic proportions, and then other was, was about these people trying to live on the space station. And he combined the two and realized he could tell both stories by seeing the big the big events reflected on the smaller scale then uh of course everything that's going on with earth force um the assassination of the president and garibaldi slowly figuring out what's going on um of course jack um if you notice during the scene when he's helping garibaldi investigate he he consistently a gives wrong answers b tries to mislead Garibaldi uh, with constantly questioning him, and then C, with, tries to withhold information from Garibaldi. Garibaldi's not an idiot and, and you know, uh, figures things out, and then once he realizes he has no choice, he shoots him in the back. Garibaldi, that's one of his biggest, biggest flaws. I've talked about he's a paranoid person, but once he trusts you, once you're on his approved list, he won't really um, look past that. You know, he firmly believes in once you once you are in his okay list, you're a good person. You know, you're fine. Jack was his right hand man, and now he's been shot in the back by Jack. And then we see corruption in Garibaldi's security force. That no matter no matter the fact that Garibaldi has handpicked these people, ultimately they can be paid off, or there's going to be corruption in the rings. That's just unavoidable. And so, um when 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 jack is trying to clean the clean uh the assassination up the the assassination of uh of this earth force agent and everything that's going on in in shooting garibaldi in the back and he calls some people over and they're like well this pbg is is cold if he had fired it would still been warm and it shows that they know that jack is up to something but most aren't going to do anything about it because that's just the way the system works um, corrupt police, uh, corrupt police forces or security forces will always be around, and corruption is really, really hard to fight because it's always steeped in tons of politics and it's sort of embedded in the system. It's a parasite, uh, and probably will never ever go away. But we can combat it the best we can, uh, which will come back later in next season. Uh, Jakar, one of the big things about him is realizing that there's something bigger on the horizon. That this this petty feud between him and the, the Centauri, the non and the Centauri, needs to be put aside for a minute. 
because something bigger is happening because the attack on the colony at first is like wow you know the centauri and then he thinks about it and realizes that no force logically can do this and um he starts realizing there's something bigger out there which we as the audience have known uh but none of the characters really knew because anybody that had figured out had already died um and and then you have um uh then you have the entire ordeal with the actual assassination of the president um not just garibaldi's side of it um you have this really wonderful moment where where Sinclair says shut it off after Earth Force One has exploded. You know, conveniently, uh, you know, the vice president wasn't there. So at least we have a vice president still who can take office as we see at the end. But isn't it interesting that all his platforms, everything that he says when he, when he takes office is the exact opposite of what Santiago set out to do. But... Uh, here, uh, the assassination of the president, it's a chilly moment. The music really kicks in. The reaction of everybody in the CNC, especially Claudia Christensen and Ivanova, is fantastic. Sinclair's sort of emotional shut it off. It's great. And then, of course, the framing of the, the inauguration of Vice President Clark to become President Clark uh, is framed exactly like Lyndon B. Johnson's inauguration uh, after the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, and that, that's all brilliantly done. W one thing that I do like, uh, in relation to everything that was the assassination and, and the, the inauguration and Sinclair is that Dillon, Dillon is going to go through a change, obviously this chrysalis and, in in whatever this is, we've been hinting at that for a while. And one nice inversion of classic tropes is that Dillon goes to Sinclair and says, I'm going to tell you the truth please come visit me. She, does, she doesn't expose it now because Sinclair has a lot of stuff to worry about. He's got Garibaldi missing. He's soon to have the assassination of the president. Um, and it's just going bad for him right now. So she's like, come visit me later. And then he, because of everything going on, because now we've reached the end of the episode, you know, he's forgotten. And that's when Kosh comes to him and says, you have forgotten something. And then he rushes to Dylan and he realizes that there's nothing that can be done. She's going through whatever this change is, and it was too late. It was too late. That that I love that because it's a brilliant inversion of tropes where we expect the hero to find all the answers at the end of the season. Doesn't. It doesn't get all the answers. Um it's fantastically done. Um and there are uh, little bits of this episode that are just absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the, we find enough time to, you know, uh, have levity, you know, like uh, the, the scene with Londo in his chambers of, uh, it's like being denoubled to death by, uh, what are those earth creatures? Um, you know, the, the, the you know, web feet go quack, quack. Uh, uh, cats. Yes, it's like being nibbled to death by cats. You know, um, there, it's just fantastic. And then, and then Sinclair's very matter-of-fact way of 
proposing to Sakai. They've been together for so long, on and off again. They always inevitably find each other in the end, and it's been going on for many, many years, over a decade. So at this point, they know each other. There's no getting on one knee, sort of proposing. Um, so it's he just is like, hey, you want to get married or not? He was trying to be a bit more diplomatic about it, but it just wasn't working. So he was just like, listen, you know, want to get married? Um, and I love how matter of fact that it is. Th these two scenes, and then especially that scene where uh, Ivanova and Garibaldi and Sinclair and Sakai are in the restaurant, um, the these scenes are lighthearted, happy, and add a bunch of levity to an otherwise really, really dark episode because we are starting to get into the really dark bits of B5. Uh, but it will always be a show with a bit, oh, with a lot of heart and a lot of levity to ensure that the darkness is never over overwhelming. Um, and I also love the 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 ending of this episode. Um, the the entire uh, one 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 interesting thing about the entire season, uh, every season really, is that it all takes place in a year because this is this is a novel in TV form. So each season represents an act, and each season also represents a year in the universe. So uh, so every season uh, will end with basically a New Year's type thing, which I think is really cool. But uh, not only that, but uh, it, it, it provides a nice irony that everybody's celebrating the new beginnings. That's what a new year is. It's the new beginnings of, of uh, you know, your, your life. It's a new year. You can start over fresh, you know. That's why New Year's resolutions are a thing. Meanwhile, the universe itself is coming to a crossroads that um, things are, things are going to start getting really, really bad for the universe. Um, and he, there's no turning back as, uh, you know, as Sinclair says at the very end of the episode, nothing's the same anymore. Uh, it's what a fantastic ending. Wow. Just so good. Um, so I'm going to take a brief note before I, I close out. There's going to be no spoiler section this week because even though there's a lot of setup for things, um, because there's a lot of things that are, that is being set up, but, they're not ultimately important to talk about like um the the like i i i can't i can't really spoil this so i'll just say like you know uh the guy who tips garibaldi off about where petrov was in down below he'll return next season you know there's a lot of stuff being set up for future things but they're not super important to talk about or i've already talked about them um so I don't think there needs to be a spoiler section, especially because we're getting to the point in the series where a lot of spoilers are going to be revealed through episodes because uh, instead of doing a lot of setup now, we're doing a lot of payoff. Granted, there's still going to be a lot of setup, so I'm going to still do spoiler sections when I feel like they're necessary, but I don't, don't feel like it's necessary in this because everything I've talked about, I would, uh, I'm already, I've already talked about, you know, I... I would say the name of this new race and maybe some stuff about what Delenn's turning into, but there's no real reason for me to. Uh, but I'm going to take a brief note real quick and explain the turnover from season one to season two. If you've not watched this show, Sinclair will be gone at the beginning of next season. Um, and basically the real life reason was that Michael LaHare, who was playing Sinclair, suffered from a mental illness that caused uh, difficulties on set. 
uh, and he needed help, and he almost was not able to make it through season one. JMS and a few others helped him out, uh, managed to uh, film all of season one, and then get him uh, the help he desperately needed. But as a result, he had to leave the show because of the medical issues that he was experiencing with his mental health. Um, so Bruce Boxleitner will be brought on as John Sheridan, a new replacement for Sinclair, um, a very interesting character within of his own right. Um, Sinclair will be back in the future. There are uh, there are two episodes in total, three if you count, considering one of them is a two-parter, in which Sinclair will be back. I won't say which ones in to avoid spoilers, but uh, Sinclair, Sinclair's presence will always be felt. And especially because um, where St Sinclair's storyline is heading now, as a result of him, uh, as a result of Michael Ayer having to leave the show, um, Sinclair's overall impact on the show will uh, will forever be felt in a lot of different aspects, which I'll talk more about when we actually get to those reveals. But until then. I just wanted to say that that's the reason why we're going to get a new a new commander of the station, a new captain, Captain John Sheridan, on a starting next season, and I look forward to talking about uh, points of departure in season two because the season two is one of my favorites. Uh, I also prefer Sheridan over Sinclair. I do love Sinclair, but I do prefer Sheridan overall, and uh, I look forward to discussing that next week. Thank you. Bye.